Jaspers took away. Yes, for this. Get your money's worth. Now, What's up and welcome back to Propel's Talk episode 120 presented to you by Company Burger and DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and Boot Crew Media. We have an awesome show for y'all tonight. We're going to preview the regular season. We're going to talk about what we liked in the preseason. We're also going to bring on Larry Nance to for about 15, 20 minutes tonight um, and talk, you know, just life and basketball in New Orleans and everything like that. So Got the guys in the studio, Ross, Jarrett, Lido. How are y'all? Hanging in there. Still using my government, huh? They're going to keep that going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I like that. I'm good. 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 Chris Connor, virtually. What's up, man? You know, just uh, trying to make the best of 48-degree weather. Um, 48 degrees? Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Oh, that's too early for that. Another day, another do rag. Yeah, got the J. He got the J do rag on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that one down. <laughs> uh, let's get into it, Lido. You had an awesome uh, recap on Friday night. You, I was gonna, I was gonna start the show off in my notes. I was like, I'm gonna start off with Lido. How good did Brandon Ingram look uh, on Friday? And Brandon Ingram looked like he's been playing the whole preseason. He doesn't look like he's missed a step. He looks he looks stronger. Uh, he like I said in the recap. He gave uh, DeJounte Murray a bump, and he sent his ass to the front row, and then he just shot the ball over John Collins so easily. Like, Brandon is uh, if Brandon is is in that space, like, to start the season, generally he, he's been getting slow starts. But, like, if he's going to start off like that, man, yeah, I, I love it. Five. Um, we talked about, you know, would there be any rust? I mean, Right off the bat, he starts off two of two from the field. I think he hits actually three of three, has an assist, a rebound. He looked, he looked like he was ready. I'm, I'm telling you, it reminds me of Kobe. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that definitively. Uh, the video's going around again, but the movement, the footwork, the he sees things before they happen. Like he knows everything. Yeah. There's, there's really isn't there really aren't too many holes in this game. If he's knocking down threes, good luck. Good yeah, luck. It, it's rap city. I, I don't see. Right in faltering this season. Um, if he starts off like this, it's going to be uh, after the game in Brooklyn. It's going to be, hey, next KD. Like that's just, mm. this is what this uh, the mantra is going to be. Yeah, um, we'll go Ross and Chris because the biggest thing that everyone's trying to make up in their mind and they forget that these two played together for a while. Uh, we'll go Ross and Chris. Ross, I mean, everyone's like, well, Brandon and Zion haven't played this preseason. Do you think that's going to be a big deal for those two to get? You know, we'll get a little flow first five, ten games, or do you think they'll just pick up right where they left off? Uh I tend to think that they're gonna be fine. Um Zion just gets so much of his stuff outside of the like flow of the offense mm-hmm. that I'm not really that worried about it. And I think Brandon <clears throat> is mature enough now, has gotten better year by year at getting others involved. Um and he's not a selfish guy. I mean, they're not selfish guys, but I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Like I said, I, so much of what Zion gets is easy stuff outside of the like the right. the way the offense is designed. That No, I think they'll hit the ground running. Yeah, Chris, I mean, Brandon averaged 23, 24 points per game with Zion on the court. Zion put up not even career numbers. I mean, just incredible. Like sometimes never, like these numbers have never been seen. What do you expect from these two um, this year? Um. I, I think what's what's going to be interesting for them is that they're both in different different mental uh, shapes than they were the last time they played basketball together. 
Brandon seems way more confident and sure of himself, his spots. Uh, you really can't force him to do anything other than what his own decision is on the floor. You know, in Zion, um, even before the the foot injury was already someone who, you know, garnered the attention of everybody that was on the floor. That was that was one side of things. But if you listen to um, a lot of things that he's that he's spoken about since you know coming into this return about the different mental space that he's in and understanding, being able to watch this team from afar and kind of see where he can fit in and where he can help. And then the overall attention that he consistently is going to, you know, yeah. I mean, just watching Jimmy Butler leave Trey Murphy in a corner on a Zion drive. I mean, it was just beautiful. I think those two, they were pretty damn good offensively when they were together. But I think having a taste of winning and both of them being able to mature in different ways off the floor, they're also in different physical shapes the last time they were on the court together. Um, I think it could it could make for them to like they'll be the least of our problems. And I, you know, for most people, that should be what's expected. Yeah. Speaking of problems, uh, five, you know, I think the Achilles heel of this team is going to be def- defense. I saw that tweet today. <laughs> I saw that tweet. <laughs> Defensively, I, I think that this team, they have some concerns. Um, is that is that something that you know we should be worried about early on? I mean, you're going through the gauntlet right now. Uh, you got some really good teams uh, these first 10 games. Uh, yeah, it is because it's consistently the the problem. For me. You can't guard the three. Um, you can't shoot the three, but you can't guard the three. <laughs> I think that's that's an issue for, for a league that's going in that direction where if you can shoot, you can win. You know, yeah, we want to we probably want to outgain our opponent where, you know, we can probably beat the analytics of saying, all right, we're going to make more twos and threes. But that's it's kind of difficult sometimes, right? Yeah. You know, okay, yeah, we can play close to the basket, but and we hope with Brandon's mid range mid range ability and Zion's, you know, close to the bag basket, him and JV and CJ being able to pull up as well. Hopefully, we can knock down a couple threes here and there where we don't just you know just average what one or two threes a game. Hopefully, that's you know between four and four and seven. Yeah. Hopefully, that's there and we'll be able to win games. But defensively, I think that's the issue with them not playing together, right? We haven't seen them play together offensively. I don't see that being a problem, but defensively, we're already not a consistent team on the defensive end. So the more times they play with each other, pause, and the more times that they can play, you know, in the system. And <laughs> this is this is the actual question I actually have for you guys. What how are we guarding? Like, what's the coach's decision on on guarding against other teams? Is it a game by game basis? Like, what's our identity? Well, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because Zion, um, well, when Zion played the five, when did he play the five? Was it against the Heat? Miami. Yeah, yeah, it was against the Heat. They switched everything one through five. When Jonas is on and he's the five, they're in drop, right? And then sometimes they'll they'll ice it, they'll hedge it. So it, it, it really does because Billy Hernan Gomez he hedges a lot. So it almost kind of like it depends. depends feels like five. a good feels like it might be a good question to ask Larry in a few minutes. But I, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about defense. I mean, do you think? <clears throat> Do you think some of it is like you should just take with a grain of salt, right? Because we're going to score and we're going to score pretty efficient. Do you kind of just start to put us in that class of teams where like, yeah, we're just going to play some high scoring games because of how much we're scoring. Like there's just not going to be a ton of missed shots because we're going to play a lot of stuff close to the basket. 
all right, Brandon's got mid-range stuff, and and even CJ's is a pretty good shoot. Like I just don't, I don't think we're gonna take a ton of terrible shots. I think we're gonna score a ton of points. So like, are are you are you more referencing that we're gonna give up a lot of easy baskets, or is it like the way we're defending, or are you just worried about us playing a bunch of high-scoring games? I'm like, worried about our principles. Like, what are our you. principles on defense? Because our identity is, is should be attached to that. Are we just gonna give up easy baskets all the time? Well, we just we'll be trading. We did that before, and we'll we'll lose games like that. Can we get stops when we need to? That's the question. Especially in the regular season, right? It's <laughs> yeah. not, no, that's a great yeah, question, Chris. Exactly. That's, go ahead, Chris. One of the things that caught my eye, and I, I'm, you know, I'm curious if 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 uh, anybody else, if it was an observation for others, outside of the Atlanta game, it felt like there was a like. In their game plan, they decided, even for preseason, that they were going to make the others beat them. Against Chicago, against Detroit, against Miami, like between Jimmy, um, DeMar, and the time that Zach ended up playing, like when those guys would drive, a lot of attention would focus on them to where you'd be looking at, you know, you'd be looking at Patrick Williams or other guys taking taking shots that, you know, we've seen. For example, you play, you play Dallas. And, you know, Luca will score 50. And it's like, man, anybody else but him or Jokic will, you know, will score 30 plus or 40. Like that ridiculous game he had the last time that they ended up facing each other. You know, like anybody but him. That's what I saw in the first game. The Atlanta game was a little bit was a little bit different. Um, but I did notice and I'm wondering if 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 that is a part of their of their mentality this year. Anybody but the guy we're going to make the others beat us. We can bet on them because nine times out of ten, our third guy offensively is going to be better than yours. We want your others, the 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 fourth, the fifth, the, the sixth swing in the rotation to beat us. Yeah, that's a good point. But I wanted to bring this up, Lito. Um, a guy that stood out to me defensively, I think all of us, is Dyson Daniels. Uh, is there any way, uh, and say we're late game situations, a possession game either way, you need to stop. Could you see Dyson in that closing group to replace maybe a C.J. McCollum? on defense or maybe even a Zion or maybe even uh shit sometimes a Brandon. Um I, I would I would say not early on in the season probably. Like they're probably gonna want to see how Dyson uh plays, you know, when the when the lights are bright. Um I don't know man. That's a tough question though. I, I can't because are you so worried about his offense that he's that he's gonna be that bad offensively? Well, no, is that why you're worried? No, no, I, I'm going off. I'm going off how it's been going with previous rookies. Of if he didn't play Trey, right? I can't really see him putting Dyson in, in a position where he would be planning in over his head if Trey was quote unquote ready last year. But the flip of that is that he did play Herb right away, and Herb was ready defensively, but maybe wasn't quite as ready offensively. So they are. They, I mean, he showed a willingness last year. I think two put more on those guys, the mm-hmm. young guys defensively. I, I agree with you in general because you still got to be able to play both sides. But the one thing Willie and them have done is, and he's been vocal about it, is that if you can you play defense, they're going to find a spot for you on the court. Yeah, and and look, to go back to the the previous question of what y'all said, the the defense, the defense in the preseason has been concerning to me, but I've, mm-hmm. I've tried to chalk it up as it's preseason, right? So it's like – I'm not really I'm not really being I I don't want to harp on it too much because you know from when we last had a team they were hanging their hat on defense like this is how they got to the playoffs. So um I would love if Dyson could come in and and you know play defense but I also think if we got to rely on Dyson to come in that mm-hmm. means 
somebody's not pulling their yeah. weight. Uh, Ross, we'll go Ross in five. I mean, a guy that's been just had an unbelievable preseason. He had a good summer league. Uh, Trey Murphy, Ross, first off, your thoughts. I think he's actually bringing him on both ends. I think he's gotten way better uh, defensively and offensively. We all know he could shoot. Now he's got the confidence with it. Uh, what are you liking from him? The, the last word you just used is confidence. He's been a far more willing to just either catch and go or catch and shoot. Um, and then defensively, you saw him take steps at the end of last year. But even that is confidence and understanding what we're doing. I think they spent a lot more time with him on the defensive end last year than they did on offense. Like you knew the shooting would translate at some point. And I think you're going to see it even more as he's playing more with, with Brandon and Zion that he's going to get more open looks, but I, just continuing to go back to this defense thing we're talking about it. It feels like the identity has to be built around the fact that we got a like, even in a league full of huge dudes, we got a bunch of seven, seven, two wingspans out there and they're going to have to be smart about finding a way to, deploy that and utilize it right because i think in late game situations there is going to be some scenarios where we got a whole team full of you know long arms and legs and you know i don't know whether that is maybe playing a little more inside the arc and saying look if you want you know if you want to shoot way out there that's fine but we're not going to allow anything in here so i don't know but i mean that's kind of a kind of went you know, sideways <laughs> for your question about Trey. I think he's looked great. And and we saw the confidence build last year. And, yeah, he's, he's done more. I think you're going to see a lot more. I I still think he's probably going to be the guy that takes the biggest step forward this season of anybody. Um, but how we use even him defensively is going to be interesting to me, especially in the second unit. Five, do you think that Trey should be closing games? With the way it's going right now, offensively and defensively we're talking about he's starting to get it do you think he deserves to close games yeah i mean he's your best shooter brandon and zion need space even jb needs space of course you know cj needs space everybody needs space so the best shooter also he's 6'10 you know with shoes on and and he's getting better defensively um the atlanta game i think chris brought up it was probably the best time i saw them like rotate like mm-hmm. they rotated the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even if things didn't go our way, like we were in the right place. Like habits like those are are ones that I that I like to see. Can we can we all right? Can we do this in the next game? Can we do this again? You know, we may not be great at you know defense, but the fact that we know what we're supposed to do and it's and it can work. That's that's what I really want to see out of this team. And and just like one more thing about that, uh, Brandon and Zion, of course, haven't played together. But when we saw Brandon the last game, man, he was giving hella effort on defense. He was trying. And the same thing with Zion. The last time, you know, we saw him, he was he was going after loose balls in the backcourt. Like yeah. he was yeah. making his presence felt. He was he had a couple chase down blocks. Chase down blocks, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was the first preseason game, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so re- regardless if if they've played together, I feel like if they can build on that effort, that yeah. type of like that individual effort, then yeah, like I, and and then like when you out there with a guy like Herb and you see him trying, I feel like that's infectious. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's a great point, Chris. You got anything there? Or- no, um, I mean, I, I love the comments about about Trey and um, a lot what Ross said. Um, I think it's a no-brainer that, that he ends up closing. And you can see the chemistry that him and Zion have right away. And, hell, I mean, all the best shooters on the, on the team that Zion has played with, they all have important connections to the team. You see pick and rolls, whether that's uh, the best shooter having the ball in his hand. You know, we saw a lot of those where 
um, you know, Lonzo would be the screener. J.J. Redick would be the screener. Um, those things are very important because of the attention that that Zion draws. And it's going to allow Trey to walk into jumpers. And he's improved in a lot of different areas, man, from, you know, his shot release, especially, you know, in the corner. Uh, Ross spoke openly about about his defense. He's a he communicates a lot on defense. That's really important for this team, especially if he's going to close because um, Brand, you know, I heard Brandon communicate. CJ has his struggles. JV's going to have his struggles. Who's going to talk on that in that on that rotation outside of Herb defensively? Trey would be one of those individuals, um, and you can just tell the confidence, man. He's out there playing like a dude that's not worried that one mistake is going to land him on the bench. Right. No, and I, I yeah, I've seen that too, Lito. Uh, transitioning to this. So before the preseason, we had a conversation me and you right here. I said, is this a 50 win team? And you said, hell no. We then a week later had a text message thread where I said, well, I'm just saying, do you think you said we might be a 50 win team? Do you, do you believe that? In my defense, I said we were going to win 48. So what is like, but you jumped down my throat here when I said 50, do you think they're a 50 win team? You no, no, no. You Ross is my witness. You were that day we did that pie. You were going crazy. You were going crazy. How can we not be contenders? I remember that. I mean, How can we not be contenders? Let's let's go through it. Fifty wins and contenders, Lito. Do you believe it now, or is your, is the stance still the same? I think we can win fifty games. Okay, contender though. I mean. I hope 52, I mean, 50 wins is, is a contender, infinity. right? That's, that's I what hope, I was thinking, I right? I mean, it's the West. That's that's the other side of it, though. Like, you you still you still got the teams at the top of the mountain. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we knock them off? Can we not? If you're asking me, can we beat a Golden State still? I'm not like, in a seven-game series. All right. They're, they're shooting. But I like, just do you see how far you do think you, the contender was Do you expect going. to win the division? Is that a fair? Do you expect yeah. to win the division? I expect. I, think, I, I said I that was. Expect, I think they can. You don't expect you think they can. So you're thinking that Dallas and Memphis are, are better than no, 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 no. I'm saying, you know, they're a great team. Do I expect the Pelicans like I a dominate the division? I don't expect it. You know, those teams are proven too. Sure. They've won playoff series. We haven't. So how do we expect to do something we've never done? Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't it's weird. The, the, sorry to cut you off there, Chris. But the division thing is weird because you talk about it in other sports about how important it is. And I think I said the day we did that crazy podcast. For me, that should be the team's goal this year. Like division right. is yeah, is is, is win your division right, and because those are the teams that people consistently put ahead of you. When you're talking about okay, rank the West, most people still put Memphis ahead of us. Most people still put Dallas at or ahead of us. Like you go win your division, and I think that's the eye opener. Whatever happens in the playoffs happens. Go win your division, and I think you start to make people change the way they're viewing you in terms of how far they think you can go in the playoffs. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to comment on the 50 win thing. Um, I, I don't know if I – I do think that they can that they can win 50 games, but I don't know if that makes them a contender. And I only say that because there are teams that I believe can win 50 games that I don't see having enough to be in that final, even, you know, in that um, – like as championship contenders. Like I could see Dallas – I could see Luka dragging that team to 50 wins again. Right. And me not believing that they have a shot at making it to the finals, even in the Western Conference finals. I mean, I think we, you know, we all see teams that like Chicago started off really, really well last year. And I forgot what they finished with, but they looked like a team. If they didn't win 50 games, they looked like a team before injuries hit. They were going to win 50 games. 
I didn't believe even healthy that they were good enough right. to even be fourth best at the end in that Eastern Conference against the teams that were ahead of them. So, you know, um, they have to like right now, it's just about building consistency and that may not end with them being in the Western Conference finals. Maybe it starts at, at the division. You got to you got to start somewhere because you're building this and, you know, in something that you want to last for longer than just what this franchise is used to winning, you know, at best. I mean, what what they've won. They've had back-to-back winning seasons, I think, twice in the twenty in, in the twenty years. You want you want this to be. It feels different. It should feel different outside of um, just from what last year was. We want to see beyond just this year and next year above. So maybe the next step is just fifty wins or just winning your division. Whatever that is, you know, we can deal with the expectations beyond that uh, when they arrive. Ross, you want to say something there? No, I was gonna, I was going to point to the Jazz as an example of of a team that. I feel like I, I mean, has been a 50 win team over the last four or yeah. five years, but nobody yeah. we get to the playoffs and somebody's like, "Ooh man, right. yeah. Portland, Watch Portland you gotta go to Utah." Yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Like you, you're licking your chops if you're like, "Man, Utah's the two seed and you're the seven. Right. You're like, "Man, we got Utah. That's right. what's up." Like, and, and so, I mean, I, I just agree with him. I, I think, I think we can win 50 games, but like, what's that? Those two things That's are fair. not mutually. I think y'all make great points, Jared. I was gonna ask you this question. Um, you know, I, I think that with the Pelicans and how deep they are, right? Is this the most talented roster in the franchise's history, one through fifteen? I, I would say yes. I mean, just what were you? Top- what were you thinking about? Who? What was the other team you were thinking about? Of course, Chris Paul led teams. It, it's got to be better than the Baron Davis, David Wesley team. Yeah, Jamal McGlure. Talent. We'll see. How about that? How about that? We'll see because we we have to see them be healthy. We we saw that team, those multiple yeah. teams over over a course yeah. of years. I, I want to see these this team healthy and, and play together and see what that looks like before I say, oh, this is the yeah talent wise on paper. What what does paper get us? Not a damn thing. Pollution <laughs> should be recycled. Should be recycled. My answer to your question is a resounding unquestionable. Like I don't think you'll like, have to see a sec. I mean, on like, paper, unquestionable, yeah, right. unquestionable. Fuck the paper, Ross. Yeah, like, fuck the paper. Like, unquestionably the most talented team, especially one to, like, one to ten. Yes. Yeah, one through ten. Like, one to ten. Like, of guys that are going to play, like, without – I mean, think about how many years we've gone in, kind of going to your point. Like, some of those teams that got hurt where you're like, man, if this – like, if this four, you know, these three can kind of stay healthy, like, I, I feel like it's a pretty deep team of, like, really talented guys. Like, I mean, deep. like, and I and I think that's kind of why my expectations for the regular season keep, continue to leak up a little bit, right? Is because, like, like you win in the regular season a lot of times on like the strength of your second unit. Like, do you got to like those dudes play a lot in the regular? It's eighty-two games. Like, yeah, guys get hurt and this, that, and the other, and stars win games, everything else. But like a lot of times, you win by coming in and just punishing someone's second unit. Yeah, because your guys are better than theirs. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, and I was just saying, so like I I think it's a, a like a, the a deep team, and I think it's going to carry us pretty far in the regular season. Now, what happens after that? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Lito, is this the go Lito than Chris? Because I think it is. Is this front court of Brandon, Zion, and JV the best front court in the league? The best. Man, who's man? Brandon Ingram should be a two. He should be a two. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I think it should be. Yeah. 
Wait, 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 hold up, hold up. We're gonna get, I want to get to that conversation. I feel up. like he, I treat him like he's a Brandon Ingram should be a two. Naturally. I think he is a two. I think Herb's the two. The Herb's the two on the team. That's my issue. He's messing up Brandon Ingram's all star thing. Brandon, oh, is that why? No, no, but Brandon's naturally a that two. needs to change too. But okay. Brandon's naturally he, play, a two. he plays like a two. Yeah, he plays like a two. He sees things on the floor, right? He can handle the ball if he needs to, but. The fact that he's what six nine, you know, like oh, all right, he's a forward. forward. Like no, no, no. Right. He's naturally a two. You see the footwork. You see the way he plays on the floor. He can. Get, he's a two, man. Okay, but just say that he's the three for the question. <laughs> I bump that, man. My dog needs all star. Like, I, Donovan Mitchell's gone. There's a spot open. I, I don't see Chris Paul. Brandon Ingram mm. needs. To Brandon be Ingram will be voting for the two. He but, needs to be. For this hypothetical, he'll be the threes of the best front court. I'm right. trying to think of. I was trying to think of front courts while you, while while Fi was giving that beautiful soliloquy. Thank you, sir. Thank about, you, sir. Appreciate it. Regard. Uh, Thank you, sir. I mean, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. 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 Chris, Chris, have I missed anything there? <laughs> yeah. Who would who would you compare the other front court to? That like that was in question. I was I was gonna think. Uh, my my thing was like I, I was gonna think, think Clippers. But I don't know. Is I guess PG's the two, right? PG's the two. I, my thing was like, my bad. Nah, I, I, nah, I was just gonna say. I, I was gonna say. I was just trying to think of three players that were as good as those three players. Celtics would be Tatum, Williams, and they start Horford, Jalen uh, Brown. Jalen's the two, right? Well, Brandon's Sixers. Two. Well, if he's the two, Brandon's the two. Sixers and B Tucker. Who? Tobias Harris. Tobias. Okay. Who? <laughs> but do you think uh, Nuggets? La- Lakers is Bron, Lakers. Ad Braun and is the, all right. This is it Reeves? What about, wait, I mean, what about <laughs> the <school? laughs> What you said? Said? Okay. said Reeves. Oh yeah, Minnesota. Gobert, Cat, and uh, Ant. Ant's one. Ant's one or two. He's a two. He's a two. D'Angelo's a two. D'Angelo's a one. Does D'Angelo come off the bench now? No, he starts. He starts. <laughs> he starts. <laughs> okay, they're out. Sons, uh, Aiton. Nah, yeah, they're nothing. Okay, up all that. This Cavaliers. Ooh, you can't. You can't. Okay, no, who's, who's their starter? <laughs> I know who it is, but can you? Can anyone in here name their Jared, starting three? Jared. Uh, Evan. Mobley. Okay, Mobley. who's their starting three? I know who it is, but I just want to probably say a Coro. It's probably it's no. He's probably no. He's not gonna start. He, Damn, I don't know. They said they said they're gonna start Levert. Karis, Karis, that that's what I'm saying. So they're all they're all jacked up too. So Karis a... too. Oh, because they brought in Donovan and they already okay, okay. Oh, that's a good ass. So I think the Pelicans. That is a fun team. <laughs> that's like, a... That, that is a fun team. Jesus, Pelicans talking about non. Pelicans are the best front court in the league. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. That's that's much easier. That's stamp. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear, right? I mean, I'm not missing it. I don't think we're missing any teams. And if we were, fuck. Yeah, yeah. You got Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. Write that down. Oh, and Jamal Murray too. And Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Who does? And Jokic. Gordon. Gordon Porter and Jokic. Golden State. That's what. Golden. That? No. I mean, I'm thinking. I'm just. Like, I'm just wise man. I mean, you're kind of. Kind of sleeping on the fact that like Middleton, Giannis, and and oh, and Lito, <laughs> Middleton, Giannis, Giannis, and any whoever the big guy they throw out there. But he played a lot of five oh, last year. Oh, too, Brooke, so. Brooke, 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 Lopez. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. They got some other good. Hey, Brooke used to carry the Nets, man. 
They need to get that man a ball in the post. Stop every post play. Every every <laughs> wait, big doesn't need to shoot threes. That, that's dead now. But Giannis, no, but Giannis is coming through. You got if he's not the shooter, like you gotta give somebody I'm, some space. I'm saying no, but it's times when Giannis isn't on the floor or Brook is on the floor. Like okay. we, we wait. I want I want I want to stop this before I forget it. Five. We just had this conversation. Five. I got a question for you. We talked about this uh, on the phone. Do you think Zion is refereed or call is the game the game's called differently than other players? Hell yeah. Then why why is that a thing? Explain to me. Why is he why is he officiated different than all the others? They're gonna make Zion earn it, right? They're gonna he's supposed to be a, a face of the league, but they're gonna make him earn it. Referees are weird. They're people, but they're they're weird. They're like they're like a fraternity of people that, you know, you gotta if you wanna if you wanna get in this cohesive group, nah, you gotta gotta go through it. We gotta put you through some stuff. For you to for you to get it, but also, I think the referees kind of go too far a little bit just because of his size and his his abilities. Like, you know, that was a call made on him. It was an offensive foul call, and and I, and I see sometimes you know, people say, "Okay, it's an offensive foul." But Zion jumps in the air, his elbow leads. Like, but well, what else is he supposed to do? <clears throat> like, he's six six. He's usually shorter than the people that are guarding him. So, and he's getting higher usually than they are. So his elbow kind of gets in their face, but. It's a basketball move. Sometimes you get hit with elbows, and that's okay. You know, right. just take it in the chin, pause, and, and keep it moving. So, I think it's Chris, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yep. I think it's the Shaq thing. I think you. Well, okay, you explain. I mean, it's the Shaq thing, but because you could you could probably call a foul against whoever's guarding Zion every single time he has the ball in his hands, and when he's that when you're that physical, it makes it hard. For referees, I mean, you could call one every single time. They're trying to, I think, in their mind, keep it balanced. I don't think it's going to be fair. You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, like Zion doesn't, he doesn't do what some of the other individuals, some of the guards that we've seen in this league kind of oversell when the contact is there, which also stands in his way. If he chose to flop, if he chose to act as if he got uh, assaulted at the rim, he would probably get more, but I think between that, how physical he is, I, I mean, it's Shaq like Shaq. Shaq got, I mean, he ended up going to the line um, outside of the ones that outside of Hacker Shaq, like he was gonna lead the league in free throw attempts, but even that wasn't enough, you know. So I, 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 I think it's 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 an odd balance um, that's probably it's unfair to him, and I don't think I don't think it, it's it's as easy as we want it to to be, if that's fair. Yeah, to your point, let me just say, because he, like, it's that thing where he's creating a lot of that contact. Then, to your point, it doesn't mean it's a foul, but, like, I think the official sees a lot of times where he's creating contact, and at his size, the other guy's reaction to the the contact is what's getting the foul. It's not like a, because I don't find he's picking up a bunch of, of, like silly fouls or, you know, the ones where like he's just straight putting his shoulder, you know, I don't know. I feel like Giannis picks this one up a lot, like where basically he'll get it in the short post and just come just over his left it. shoulder. Yeah. I don't find Zion's picking up a bunch of those. I think it's more of what you were saying where it's like awkward stuff. It's like yeah. he's going up and he just hits him in the chin. And yeah, that's- it's not, it's not the like the physical one, like the Giannis one. It's, it really is more of, he's just creating weird contact. And I think I don't. Maybe it's just more experience with the officials and stuff. It can be frustrating, but yeah, I don't. It's a different type of foul, I swear, than 
than like the normal your traditional big right. guy that's down there getting hacked. My, my issue, my, my bad, Lito. My issue is just the charges. Like yeah. I don't because they call that a charge. Yeah, yeah. Th- those way, are probably. those are my issues. Like all right, that's not a charge. I mean, he they're they're square and Zion can create space. Basketball is a physical sport. Yes, he's bigger. That's just the game, bro. You cannot. Right. They've done this at least three years in a row when he's been on the court where he'll he'll drive, he'll have his man beat, and they'll fall back and oh, it's a charge. Like that's not a charge. Like, you know, you can have legal guarding position and get bumped out of the way. It's it's not a charge. It's not. Lita, we had a discussion with this five I'm coming to you because it, does the charge block, does it have to change? Um in because I feel like Zion picks up those calls. It's Jared's just saying. In, in his case, he's he's a type of athlete that they've never seen before. They have to get adjusted to officiating to him. Um, in some in some aspects, yeah, it does does have to change. Kind of like the, the 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 take file, like how they how they phase that out. At, at some point, like as the NFL is going through with uh, roughing the passer, it'll be something that they have to the rules committee or whoever have to look at. They have to modify because guys are just going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And a lot of times, like, during the post thing, like, yeah, you were talking about contact, but, like, all, all the contact bumps aren't the same. And a lot of times, ref look, refs look at it like he's bigger than him. He should be able to take this contact back. And, like, that's a foul is a foul. Like, it doesn't, like, call it. That's my biggest issue. Right. My last point in this. Referees watch tape just like anybody else. Right. So what happens, they'll see something, a referee will call it, and they're like, all right, that's the precedent. If I, if I see this, me being a ref and I'm watching it, and I didn't, you know, I didn't call it. If I saw it, in, if I see this in a game, I can call it because it's already, someone's already done it. That's my <clears> issue because that could, you know, that's a domino effect that's continuously going on that Zion's going to, you know, not get the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they've seen this already. As soon as I do this one move up, it's, right. it's, a, it's a charge. I've noticed this. We'll go to Ross and Chris here because I've noticed this. I'm sure y'all have too, but I've noticed that Willie, and you've mentioned this before, Ross, Willie has really been on the um, on the refs. It seems like he's trying to, I think it was like that first game, uh, I think Herb took the charge. They didn't call it. He kind of lost his shit. Uh, and I've, I've noticed a lot of Zion actually complaining to the refs. Uh, Ross, do you like that? I mean, I it, in today's game, you know, the perfect example is Luca. I mean, that guy bitches and complains all the time. He gets all the calls. Is Zion going to have to start doing that? think it's an unfortunate reality of like of today's nba especially for superstars like you, you gotta talk to them a little bit and i think there's a relationship that's built over time of communicating what you think is a foul or how you're being guarded and you've got to let the officials know earlier like hey this that or the other and so some guys i find are more egregious about like, I mean, Lucas is a bit much. It seems like every single time down the court and LeBron will go through stretches where it is too. But at the same time, back to what you're saying, like he's getting fouled every time down the court. And Luca is a big body like that. And so every single time, like, yeah, so you probably, I mean, there's a frustration that builds up. I, I think it's a necessary evil. Like I hate watching guys constantly complain. But at the same time, if you're not saying, hey, dude's hacking the shit out of me every time down you know you risk not getting that call until you start getting it i guess i don't i don't know if i'm making my point there but it's politics i mean yeah, it is. Honest, it's politics and that's i mean unfortunately like that's just really really how it goes i mean look at 
Like I remember when Drew was was here, when Drew was in New Orleans, <laughs> we went through a lot of these conversations in a in a different manner. They're not, you know, the way Zion plays and Drew plays and their their level of con- contact is different. But he never got a call. He never got the calls that we thought he should, you know, end up getting. We talked about it all the time. Well, guess what? Now Milwaukee wins a championship, and he's getting a lot more calls. I I don't know if it's an exposure thing. I don't know if it's an accolade, if it's an accolade thing. I don't know if it's a relationship building situation because Drew ain't changed his way of you know his way of talking to people, or you know he's not more. He's really not that much more outspoken than he was in New Orleans. I mean, so I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but I. My fear um, is honestly, I don't think Zion will ever be um, refereed fair. I mean, I, I, I don't think, and similar to what to what Lido said, the refs, the NBA, we've never seen anything like Zion. And if they do find a way to officiate him, it, it's going to take, I think, a, a lot longer, which means he's going to be on. He's going to have to be on the floor for them to figure it out. The the other side of that too is, you know, you mentioned Drew. You mentioned Zion, and I would say they have kind of the same demeanor. Um, people don't respect humble. You gotta advocate for yourself. Yeah. Nobody gives a damn if you if you don't if you don't complain if you if you whatever. Like if I'm if I'm filing five and he shoots a, he's shooting the jumper right and like he just gets up and walk down the court he don't say nothing. Right. Nothing's gonna happen. Right. Like nobody. Oh, all right. He good with that. Like he good. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? I'm gonna keep doing it right. until you start advocating for yourself. Like sometimes you gotta get man, get a tech, throw a fit, you know what I'm saying? Like curse a rough out. Do you do something in order to so they know next time you come, nah, you gotta pay attention. Nah, nah, you you look at I just and I see Zion starting to do that more. So fine, that's what I was gonna come to you. You know, you you've done this before. Um, is is that something, you know, as a ref, you're like, oh, maybe I should start looking. I mean, he's clearly really upset. I should start looking at this more. Yeah, of course. I mean, as a ref for me. I didn't want to involve myself in the game. I'm just here to call what I see and, and move out the way. And if I don't see it, I can't call it. But if somebody points something out to me, cool. All right, I'll be aware of it, more aware of it. You know, if they do it in a, in a respectful manner where they don't curse me, I'm like, all right, cool. I, I'll I'll look at that. And nine times out of ten, you'll get some kind of call, right? But if, as Lito was saying, if he comes and curses you out, you know, this and that, and you give them the one technical, like, all right, got it. I mean, that's 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 the politics of basketball. I think Chris brought that up. That's politics, bro. You got to play the game within the game, and that's a part of it. Right. And you don't, as fans, we don't want that, but it that is it. That's, that happens. That happens on every level, not just the NBA. That happens right. on every level. Like, you got to play the game within the game. All the greats did it. All yeah, the greats, all the greats they yeah. went back and forth with refs. And I know Zion's only played 82, 85 games. Uh, I don't think, has he picked up a technical foul? I mean, that, that I, I can, I'm sure he has. I believe he has. Yeah. 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 But I mean, Chris, I mean, you're in agreement. I mean, he's got to start being more assertive with referees and starting to get his calls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, superstar treatment is a thing. It is. And, you know, when you look around, when you look around the league, I mean, there, there's um, a lot of those guys, um, they've built those relationships with those referees. And sometimes it is for saying, hey, bro, like, I'm not like, that's bullshit. Like, yo, you got to call that. Um, now, Zion, I think the worry, and I think sometimes with these players, is that they feel like them speaking up about something is whiny. And it doesn't have to be that way. There's a line. There's a there's a difference between standing up for yourself and speaking and saying, you know, and, and like Lito said, not being humble about it versus overdoing it 
and complaining about every little thing that happens. I don't think that that's in his DNA, but you know, you do have to hold even the referees accountable um, because they're not going to call it. They're not going to see what you see out there. Um, and it, unfortunately it is a respect thing. You know I mean? They let things slide that um, if you let them slide and, you know, five made a really great point on that. I mean, why would I, why, why would they continue to call something if you're not the one, you know, pointing out and it's, it's going unnoticed. So, He's going to have to speak up eventually, um, you know, and stand up for those calls that aren't being made. The obvious ones. Yeah. I mean, good point there. I mean, last thing we're going to get Larry Nance on here uh, next, but you know, Ross offensively, you had mentioned early on. I mean, seriously, is this going to be one of the best offenses in the entire NBA? Oh yeah, no doubt. If they stay fully healthy, yeah. they top three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> top five. Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough. a lot of talented, talented. There are some talent, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, you got some serious talent here. Yeah. I mean, so. I, look, you got the two obviously that stand out in terms of, or at least stand out to me are the Nuggets. They're going to be a, a good off. I mean, a really, really good offensive team. And then the Warriors are obviously always a really good offensive team. But I mean, there's teams like the, like the Suns. When they get it Clippers going, have Kawhi and PG. Yeah, I mean, there. there's some really good. It, but for me, it's about yeah, he went. <laughs> he led with the Nuggets. Dog, you okay? Like, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> no, come on now, Ross. You led with the Nuggets. I'm saying there's some really good offensive teams. The they're, Nuggets are going to be a top five offense this year. They're not. They're going to be a top five offense. That was a number. That was on your top of your brain. Just, yeah, because they're a team. Because if you've watched them, they're a team. They are. Them, because Jokic is a guy that makes everyone gets his effortlessly and efficiently right. and makes everyone else around him better. And they were really good last year without Jamal Murray and with uh, Michael Porter just part time. Like that team's going to score efficiently on everybody. The Warriors are going to score efficiently on everybody. I think you put yourself into that top, you know, three or four group. But no. <laughs> Yeah, look, to your point, I know there are other really good offensive teams, but I'm telling you, that team, they're going to score. All right, we'll, we're going to continue that conversation. Uh, we'll, get our, uh, we'll get our special guest in here, uh, Larry Nance. Larry, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining. How are you doing? I'm good, y'all. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So we're going to get right into it, man. We were just talking about how this is probably one of the most talented rosters uh, in franchise history. You know, How dangerous can this team be um, this year? Uh, you know, we talk about this all the time and we can be, we can be as dangerous. The way I see it is we can be as dangerous as, as our health permits. You know, obviously that's, that's the same, you know, with a lot of teams, but you know, you look at our, our depth and our talent from top end talent to even, um, you know, guys on the bench that, that may not see many minutes and there are not, there might be Boston, um, Memphis is pretty deep, but there, there are not the Clippers. There aren't many teams that have real, real NBA talent, um, one through fifteen. Yo, Larry, it's uh, it's Jared. So, um, two part question: one, who's your shoe plug? Two, uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the second unit. Um, I think you guys compete at a different energy than the first unit. No offense to them. How are the practices? And do you guys beat them at any point in time in these practices? So, uh, to start, you know, first of all, uh, my shoe plug is uh, confidential. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta keep that uh hey if i if i let that out everybody be rocking the uh rocking the classic bronze um but uh no practices as there are times at practice like the coaches will have live segments scheduled that they'll have to cancel because we played so hard against each other in the first place and i've never been on a team where that's had to happen um and honestly that stems um that stems a lot from Jose and Najee, you know, just their energy and physicality and, and the way they bring it, um, whether it's pickup against some 12-year-olds or, you know, playing against the first team, they're playing the same way. So, um, yeah, I mean, the sec- we beat them. They beat us. Like, it's a – honestly, like, there are some really good games that happen in our practice gym. And, and uh, what's crazy is all these preseason games – granted, yes, it's preseason, like – everybody's kind of talked about how, you know, you get into the games and it's just so much easier than practice. So much easier than practice. Hey, hey, Larry, it's Lito, man. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, I just want to say, you know, you come from NBA royalty. Everybody knows who your pops is um, and what he's done NBA-wise. Your brother hoops at a great, great school that retired Coach K. And um, I really just wanted – I just really, really had a question. Like, I want to know two-part question. One, what's the family basketball sessions like? And two, have you ever dunked on your pops? <laughs> so it's funny. That, uh, that question is actually kind of answered – my dad took care of that when, when we were young. So I didn't play a whole lot of basketball growing up. But, uh, of course, we play in the driveway. My sister actually played D1 – four years D1 as well, and she – about six four and a half so you know she it took a long time to beat her even um but I got to the point where I was close to beating my dad and then he stopped playing (laughs) Uh, so so to this day I've never beat him because because he quit he said I'm gonna retire on top I'm done Um, and then me and my little brother we can't we can't Cause then like we're both too competitive to where like we'll ride at the gym together and we can't play because then he, you know, he ain't beating me, but we can't <laughs> play because then he won't look, you know what I mean? Or then I can't buy him dinner that or whatever it is. We can't, we are, right. we are way too competitive for that. So we just agreed to like, you know what? We'll be on the same team. If it's, if we're playing pick up or whatever, like we'll play pick up against each other, but one-on-one ones get too heated. Larry, go ahead. Ross, you going in? No, nah, go ahead, Chris. Okay. Hey, Larry, it's uh, Chris Conner here, man. I, I want to know, um, so a big factor in this team, uh, well, how far this team goes is going to have to do with a lot of guys transitioning into different roles on the floor that maybe they've never really been asked to master. Um, you've yeah. seen different roles around talented teams, youths up and coming, like across your career including like with this one, you know, uh, when you landed last year, what's important when it comes to new roles on the floor with a team that has this kind of talent and expectations? So the, over, over the past, for, I don't know when it has started to happen, but over the past few years, the term role player has become like a dirty word or something. And, and you know, <laughs> or like, like it's just, it's crazy because if you look at the best teams in the NBA, they have some of the best role players and some of the best role players get some of the best contracts. And so, um, 
it's extremely important. And like you said, coming here last year, um, you know, coming here last year, you know, we have all the scoring in the world, right? Like even even without Z last year, you know, JV could get you 25 in a game. CJ, BI was scoring at a ridiculous rate. Um, obviously, Trey, Devontae, like these guys, we, we have scoring. So, you know, for me, I just wanted to step right in and, you know, go snatch some of their misses off the rim, go play energy, go play energy defense, go communicate, talk my backline defense, you know, make sure all these guys know where they're supposed to be. But, um, you know, especially for me, this, my role is going to change possession by possession, honestly. Um, you know, if we, depending on who I'm out there with, if I'm out there with, um, if I'm out there with a second group and, and, and our, you know, some of our scores, you know, so CJ, BIZ are sat down getting a break. Yeah, I'm going to be asked to do more, a little bit more ball handling, a little bit more stuff like that, which no problem. I can do that. But if I'm out there in closing units where we've got, you know, we've got those three horses out there, you know, now it's all right, play defense, grab these things off the rim, go get us extra possessions and get the ball back to the guys that, you know, that, that put it in the rim at the high rate. So um, I think the biggest thing in terms of playing your role and, and adjusting to it is just being willing and open to do whatever it takes to help us win. Um, and, you know, it, it takes um, – it does take a special mind. I think the guys on the team care about care about each other enough to, um, to sacrifice is whatever it may be to 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 fill a vo- to fill a void or fill a role that we may need them to. Hey Larry, this is Ross here. I gotta I gotta go back and bring you back a little bit. A good buddy of mine I played football and basketball with growing up was Leonard Washington. So I actually I, I saw you play a couple times Leonard on TV Washington back in yeah, Wyoming. Louisiana. That's, that's my guy. Yeah, we, we, we grew up together, hooped together, played football. He's a hell of an athlete. So I remember seeing you as a freshman and sophomore. So it was kind of as you've gone throughout your career, that's sort of always stuck in the back of my mind was watching you as a freshman and sophomore with Leonard bullying people around in Wyoming. But um, you, you talked a little bit about last year and, and how that, you know, without Zion, how things looked. What do you think? that experience factor of just getting in, you know, going through that stretch run, getting into the playoffs. There's still a lot of young guys on the team that are going to be expected to play really big roles. I mean, do you think that's truly something that you guys are going to kind of carry over with you, especially the young guys in terms of being confident about going through the season and having higher expectations than previous years here? Um, I think we're going to be able to carry it well. Yeah, obviously like Trey Herb and Jose, three rookies playing that, at that caliber uh, of a playoff series so early was massive for them in terms of their experience. And, you know, when, when we get there this season, they're not going to be starstruck by the stage. Um, and I, I honestly, I think, you know, us having that little bit of us having a little bit of overachievement, a little bit of success at the end of last year. Um, I mean, shoot, CJ didn't even know the plays. I didn't, even, I didn't know the plays either. Like we, we knew like three or four plays that we could run, but you know, it's it takes a while to adjust so now you've got us two on the same page and you've got a good leadership in the locker room guys that are going to keep us focused and whatnot but honestly the biggest thing when I when I look forward to this year and look you know and and kind of you know think about what last year did for us the biggest thing for me is the fact that Zion hadn't played hasn't played real basketball in over 500 days for anybody to expect him to come in and look like he did 
that you know twenty seven and nine or whatever. That now he could. I, I've seen it at practice. The dude's a monster. But if we're you know we you know you want to give him time to find himself, find his rhythm, get back in shape, you know, take a few hits, fall, and realize that he's okay. Um, and we have the luxury of being able to let him go through his ebbs and flows of getting back into playing while still having a team that took that took the best team in the NBA last season to all it could handle in six games. Yeah, so that... I think that's going to be massive for us as we go forward. Yeah, Larry, a couple more questions. Uh, once again, presented to you by Company Burger, located at 4600 Ferrette Street. You know, Larry, I was talking with the guys before. You were probably part of uh, one of the greatest, you know, NBA moments in, in history with Kobe's last game. Uh, yeah. Kind of take me through that atmosphere. Uh, I noticed that you, you know, you, I rewatched the game, um, what was it, a couple nights ago. I noticed you were you're in that closing, you know, group. What is What was that moment like? Um. I, you know, I've played eight years, and I, hopefully I've got another eight in front of me, but I just can't imagine, you know, apart from winning a ring, I can't imagine something else that when I'm done would sit atop my Everest in terms of basketball moments. That was, um, like, I can get chills thinking about it now. Just the way, you know, the way it all happened. Like, we knew, you know, we knew, all right, it's Cove's last night. He's going to, you know, get him up, you know, go out with a bang, but there's not a you can't tell me there's a person on the planet that thought that was going to happen because we had we had seen him all year and he was you know getting subbed out in the first quarter and icing every joint in his body and you know we saw him hobbling to the plane it's just like all right this dude he's barely he's you know held together by duct tape at this point and you know for him to be able to put on a show one last time in the manner that he did because um, he struggled early, and then the fact that he just he just caught fire and closed the game the way only Kobe Bryant could do, and um, you know I'll never forget it was the game we we were going back and forth with the Jazz, back and forth, back and forth, and you know he hit his last free throws or whatever, and we got a stop. He grabbed the rebound and threw it full court to Jordan Clarkson, who you know. Just who dunked it, but that was the, that sealed it. It was over, and um, you know the coolest moment for me was like being—I was the first one to run back down the court, and he, of course he hadn't crossed half court. He was dead tired. Um, <laughs> ran back down the court, and I was the first one to. Uh, yeah, I just hugged him. And I just said thank you, like thank you for being a part, of that letting me be a part of this. Thank you for this year. Um, you know, just just so grateful to be a part of a moment like that in history. Yeah. yeah, Larry. Uh, Jared, again. Um, also, again, two part question: Did Kobe throw y'all shoes away when y'all blew that lead in Portland? Oh, got beat really bad in Portland. And two, it seems like you give you you spend a lot of time giving back. Even going back to your time in Cleveland, you give a lot of back to the to the community. Um, was that something like your your pops instilled in you, or is this something that you just decided to do and just kept going with it? Um, one. Yes. Yeah. Our, our, our shoes. Were, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they were gone. Um, I think it was, uh, I think it was me, Julius, D'Angelo. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, we, we got whooped. I don't remember what the score was or what, or what was going on. I know I, it was, I just know it was disgusting. Um, it, it was foul, but, 
uh, yeah, they, our, our shoes are in the trash can. Um, and two, um, I, I wouldn't say it's something that um, that my I mean, yeah, I mean, my parents definitely always taught us to give back and, 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 uh, you know, if you're, if you're more fortunate than others, you know, you know, if you have more to give then give it and, and whatnot. And, but, you know, for me, it was, uh, uh, it's just kind of something that I, 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 I love to do, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not supposed to be here at this point. I'm, I would have never thought I'd be in a position to make, you know, the kind of money that I'm making and, you know, have the kind of impact on, you know, positivity that I, that I could have. And so, you know, I, I almost feel, you know, I almost feel like I need to, not like I need to, like it's a, you know, a, a negative thing, but like, I feel like I need to, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that can benefit from, from, you know, some of the things, you know, that I've been, that I've been fortunate enough to, to, to reach in this life. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it that started in Cleveland going back home, but you know I, I've got you know a, a similar program that we're going to announce soon uh, for for here in New Orleans and and the the public school district that I'm really excited about. So um, you know it, it, it's uh, I don't know it's just something that something that makes you feel good and and uh, you know I'm going to keep on doing as long as I as long as I am able to for sure. Yeah, I, I feel that, Larry. Uh, that just good human stuff, like just being a good human. Um, it's Lito again. I, I do. I have. Um, so let's say you you have a lot of versatility in your game. Um, you know, you you're shooting the three really well right now. You 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 can handle the ball. You bring the ball up the court. Uh, your IQ offensively and defensively. What do you think is your most underrated skill? And the second part of that question is. Do you have a do you have a favorite dunk so far or a favorite player that you've dunked on? So my the most underrated skill. Um, I would say that that Pels fans hadn't really gotten to see uh is, is my passing. Um that's one thing that in Cleveland I got to do a whole lot more and and playing out of delay action and, you know, we call it auto, but it's where the big's up top in the garden, you know, you kind of play through the big, um, you know, I can, I can really see the court and, uh, you know, of course I keep that ball in that one palmed hand and, and, and I can, you know, I can whip some passes around pretty good like that. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to do more of that with the second unit, uh, is what I'm able to. So they'll see more of that, but, um, honestly, it's, it's one that everybody's seen my favorite dunk, you know, the one, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm biased. My, my opinion is <laughs> compromised here, but like when I, when I go back and watch that, uh, that dunk in Brooklyn against Brooke Lopez, um, yeah. That, yeah. that one to me was sometimes I'll watch it and be like, ah, I don't, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I seriously, I don't, I jumped from far away. He helped me up a little bit. Um, it, it, it must've been the perfect storm, but a uh, funny story on that one is the very next summer, Brooke Lopez signed with the Lakers and yeah, you know, I never really said two words to the guy, but, um, you know, he signed for the Lakers and he walks in the gym just to work out with us. And I go to introduce myself. I'm like, hi, Brooke, I'm Larry. He goes, he slaps my hand away and goes, yeah, we met in the air last year. 
Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, sorry, getting getting ahead of it like that, I thought that was pretty funny. He Brooke is uh Brooks an all time teammate. He's a good dude. All right, Larry, um, I'll ask you one more question here, and we'll let you get out of here. Um, so a lot has been made about the Pelicans' ability to score offensively, and um, I mean that's been where a lot of the attention has been. You know, but when you look at the, the you know the excitement from the fans and national media, Zion's returning. Um, and the talent is there, but you know, of course, like the major any major success that the team has will probably depend on how solid the defense is. Can you maybe give a strength that the team has on that side of the ball uh, that maybe you know is kind of unnoticed? But like, you can't use the words flexibility or depth. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there's no problem. What a lot of people, what a lot of people wouldn't expect or hasn't been pointed out yet is the fact that there is there's multiple kinds of good defenders in the NBA right like you've got your Herb Jones you've got your Jose's your your Sikkim guys right the guys that you just put on them put on a Devin Booker and that's gonna be an off night um but you know you got your Rudy Gobert's you know your rim protectors and stuff like that but a lot the the defender that hasn't gotten a lot of attention is the off-ball defender right always in the right position, clogging driving lanes before they even happen. Um, and we have a lot of those guys. Uh, I, honestly, the first name that comes to mind is Devontae Graham. Devontae is an unbelievable off-ball defender. Like, like unbelievable off-ball defender. Um, he's always in the right position. He's always, you know, always the low man. He's just rarely in the wrong spot when it comes to off-ball. You know, that, and that's, that's where I shine as well. Um, off ball and then I, I just think um that's that's the biggest thing that people haven't realized or haven't seen about us yet is is um you know the kind of off ball defenders we have and and Devontae myself Najee Jose is actually really you know getting better at it as well you know aside from being a, a Sikkim guy Trey Murphy's length on the backside is great um obviously Herb is a world-class defender on on from every perspective but you know we've got guys that can really uh cause some trouble with the backline defense and and you know of course we've got guys that are going to get isoed we've got guys that are going to be put in you know that teams are going to try to pick on but um i think we have we are more than capable of making up for that with our length on the backside and positioning well, Larry, we, we really can't thank you enough, man, for coming on. Uh, we're so excited for the upcoming season and um, excited to get you your shirts. Uh, flock around and find out. We can't thank you enough for supporting the show, man. And uh, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on. Of course. No problem, guys. I, I, I enjoy talking some hoops with you. Awesome. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Take it easy, Larry. Take it easy guys. That was Larry Nance joining the show. Thanks, Larry. Shout out for uh, joining us, man. That was awesome. That was that was uh that was a fun interview. The best part is the insight. I mean, I think we all our eyes Devante. our eyes all kind of opened up when he just you know when he kind of went in on Devontae being the what he you know, I mean, look, I consider Larry Nance to be a pretty heady defender, a guy that knows what he's doing, um, has been around for a while. For I, like that's pretty glowing praise for him to say that. Cause I think that like really is something that we don't I mean, yeah, I, I, I like a normal person's not sitting there being like, hey, you know who had a really nice game off ball defending? Devonta. <laughs> like, it's, it's interesting. That's the type of insight that those guys are able to sort of provide. Like, he's playing with them every day. So that, that's that's the best part about about it, I think. Yeah. So, uh, seeing what they see. Nah, I, I think it was really insightful. I think Larry's a good interview, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
uh, definitely goes in depth uh, with his thoughts. It, it doesn't leave anything out. Pause again. Uh, man, I, it was cool, bro. Like I think that was, that was probably, I don't, I don't know, even for our, our viewers, like one of our best interviews. But nah, that that's up there. That's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I didn't lead out. I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. No, I was I was just like that was that was you know it was it was fun. It was it was fun to get insight from him and. I mean, he even, you know, asking him questions, he gave you like more than what you asked for. Yeah. Like that, that, the, the land yap on his questions was like, I mean, on his answers were dope. Yeah. yeah. Chris. I, I can't believe Lito just pulled out the word land yap. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the vocab, like, brother, we, we stretching vocab, man. Brother, we stretching vocab. Man. That we are. We're getting that on a shirt. I don't know if it's going to be boot crew, but we're getting that on a shirt. Five. <laughs> we need to get the Fred Vincent shirt going. Uh, yeah, we'll today. Um, yeah. I got a shirt for you. We go talk. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't say it right now. Hey, no, no. No, no. That was, a, that was really a great interview. I don't know if, I'm, if I was surprised. It was just kind of really dope to be like in the moment um, to, I, I mean, the balance of, of what was asked and how he, you know, um, like, Lido ended up saying, you know, he went beyond what was, you know, maybe expected or what he could have provided and just would have would have been enough. And then, man, like whatever he has going on um, that's going to be unveiling soon with the public schools is I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm hanging on to right now, because I know he had been kind of hitting on doing some things in the community when he first got to New Orleans. Uh, But damn, like that, that that was that's the one that I'm really kind of looking at right now, like you know, he didn't have to, he, he didn't have to speak about that. Cause I, I don't know if he's talked, I mean, has he talked about that like anywhere else? Is he, I haven't heard it. I mean, he did probably, a thing with the, the teachers, right? At the beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah. That was, okay. just, it was on Twitter, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, but not like a, nothing a, like that. A teacher reached out and said she needed something and he, yeah. and he yeah. uh, helped out. But like, you know, just to say he's going to do something with, you know, one of the most notorious school public school systems in, in America. Uh, I said notorious for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, just to do that, that's, that's pretty admirable. I mean, he ain't been here what six months, you know. know yeah, what I'm saying like to, to do that is it's pretty cool, man. And I mean, you got the exclusive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's you just that's a culture guy right there. Like, you can tell like that's a glue guy, like what he just did right there. So, no, that was an awesome show, guys. Uh, once again, presented to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and Boot Crew Media. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BOOT to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code BOOT. Even if you even if you bet on the Saints, you'll get $200 in free bets. Mm. How would you do that, though? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. So when uh, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official, official sports betting partner of the NFL, Lido, Five, Ross, Chris Connor. Um, Chris, we got spaces Wednesday. We doing pre, we doing pre spaces. We doing post spaces. We're doing post spaces live from Arizona because I'm gonna be watching. I, I'm gonna be watching the the team that you probably shouldn't bet on. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's Thursday. Right. Thursday. Uh, but Wednesday, Wednesday, I'll be in. I'll be in Arizona. So I'll be at some bar, intoxicated when the game is over. I, we will. We will have spaces for better for worse. Good. good. Anything else, y'all got? Nah, Maybe get a little banged up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know, best up five. Like, comment, subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. We'll see y'all later.
way. It was a fake.